Thank you for listening to this new episode of the podcast, By the Still Water. It is our purpose that these messages be an encouragement in your search for the God of heaven. Thank you for listening. It is considered one of the largest religious sites in the world. The complex at Angkor Wat in Cambodia covers more than 400 acres and has more than four miles of canals. Built around 800 years ago, the hallways and buildings are covered in thousands of bas-relief carvings. These carvings range from Hindu and Buddhist imagery to scenes of everyday life in the ancient Khmer culture. For many centuries, the temple complex was covered by dense jungle. It is hard to imagine that such a huge group of structures that had consumed almost the entire economy of the kingdom that built it could almost vanish from neglect and faded memory. It was rediscovered in the 1860s and has since become one of the most popular tourist attractions in Southeast Asia. More than 2 million people visit Angkor Wat in 2018. The towers and the buildings have become featured in many movies and TV shows. But that is one of the ironic things about Angkor Wat. While it once featured hundreds of statues, many have been stolen and the complex looted many times. And while the jungle has been pushed back, the buildings and the towers have been ravaged by time, war, and the jungle. What was once a showplace of riches and power now is used as the stereotype for a lost or abandoned city. So what happened? Time? War? Climate and political change? The answer to all of these is yes. But whatever it was also ravaged the empires of Egypt and Babylon, the Incas, and thousands of other cultures and empires around the world. This does not take into consideration ruins that have been swallowed up by the sea or erased by geology. What if you had put all of your efforts, all of your pride, all of your self-image, all of your wealth, and all of your hope into one of these places? How would that have turned out for you? Well, let's examine another place that is open to you for your future investment and effort. It is described in a number of places, but one of the most vivid is in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could count, from every nation and all tribes and all peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands. And they cry out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, These who are clothed in the white robes, who are they? And where have they come from? And I said to him, My Lord, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation, and they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, 
They are before the throne of God, and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tabernacle over them. They will hunger no longer, nor thirst any more, nor will the sun beat down on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and will guide them to springs of the water of life. And God will wipe every tear from their eyes. We should back up a little bit to make sure those mentioned here are clear to everyone. The lamb mentioned here in this section is a reference to Jesus. In chapter 5, he was described as both the lion of the tribe of Judah, but then when John looked, he saw the lamb that had been slain. When everyone in heaven saw what Jesus had done, they worshipped him. Part of that celebration was the singing of a song that included this line, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals, for you were slain and purchased from God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. The story of the book of Revelation is the story of hope and of victory. It is about those that have become God's people, purchased by the sacrifice of Jesus. But what will that look like, being purchased of God? We can go back to the earlier passage. There it said, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation, and they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Again, notice the reference to the Lamb, the image of Jesus. These are the people that have taken seriously the sacrifice of Jesus. They have taken action to contact that sacrifice, to make themselves pure again. And they have come from every nation, speaking every language, and are from every race. The explanation of why they have done this addresses what they were looking for. And again, back to the original passage. For this reason, they are before the throne of God, and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tabernacle over them. They will hunger no longer, nor thirst any more. Nor will the sun beat down on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd and will guide them to springs of the water of life, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. As John is writing the book of Revelation, Christians are being killed in some horrible ways to entertain the bloodlust of the rulers of the area. Some Christians had been left to die after being thrown into holes or into wells. They might have died of starvation. Many were crucified in a form of execution that mostly relied upon prolonged exposure to the elements, such as the harsh sun, along with the trauma of injury. Many of the Christians were burned alive. The description of this place with the Lamb includes the images that are the solutions to those awful deaths. No heat, no sun, no hunger no pain. And again, from this passage, for the lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd and will guide them to springs of the water of life. And God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Few images in the Bible are more touching than this. 
The one that would care and comfort them is the shepherd who is also the lamb that was slain. He knows and he cares. How complete is this care is described when he says, God will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will no longer be any need for tears or for crying or for mourning. Without question, the Anchor Wat complex was the most beautiful structure in the region, and the king that had it constructed used it as his final resting place. But what would he think now if he could see it? The paint is gone. Most of the statues are gone. The furniture and the rugs and the torches are gone. The walls are covered in moss, and some have bullet holes from recent wars. More than that, the kingdom and the people are gone. Today, the visitors are from faraway places like Europe, the United States, and Australia. They share nothing in common with those that built the structure and look in wonder at the carvings and buildings, but do not understand what they are trying to say. The building and its purpose are lost. And it does not compare with what is described here in Revelation as the place for the people of God. Despite all of the effort and treasure that was spent on Anchor Wat, it does not compare to the city of God's people. Speaking of treasure, one of the most discussed items found in Revelation is in chapter 21. John is given a vision of what heaven is like, and he says, then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and spoke to me, saying, Come here, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. This reference to the bride is pointing towards a city occupied by God's people, but it is not like any city man has built. One of the most common images to come up in this section is from verse 21, when he says, And the streets of the city were pure gold, like transparent glass. But many people have misunderstood this reference. Try and imagine how a reader in the first century, around 100 AD, might have read this section and this reference. For a man living in the country at the time, to enter a large city, the first thing he would notice was the stench. The streets were the garbage dump, the sewers, the animal stalls, and often places where the dead were disposed of. The smell in many cities was so bad it was thought to cause deadly disease. Most of that smell came from the streets. Nothing in and around the streets was considered worthwhile at all. But in this place, described by John, the streets were made or covered in something everyone considers valuable and important. They were covered in gold. Now, now some have pointed to this image and said, we are going to be rich in heaven. But that runs counter to other portions of the Bible that speak of the preoccupation with riches as foolish and sinful. So, for this reference of the streets of gold to encourage people towards heaven by promising them riches seems, well, out of character. Instead, Consider putting what you would value most in the most dishonorable of uses, throwing it in the streets. The message is that gold no longer carries any value. 
The same may go for the long list of gemstones that are mentioned as the foundation of the city. The Romans invented something that we see every day. They invented concrete. They built their empire using a combination of cement and small stones called aggregate. But what if this passage is telling us that the diamonds and the rubies and the sapphires that were once coveted by kings and queens were of so little value that they had been thrown into the cement to strengthen the concrete in the foundation? The question may be, what would gemstones and gold and other precious objects be worth in heaven? We will talk more about this image of heaven in later podcasts, but consider this. People may be spending their lives and time and energy to collect paving stones and aggregate, items that would mean nothing soon. Look at the decay and the ruin of Angkor Wat. It takes great effort every year to keep the complex from being swallowed again by the jungle and forgotten. And Angkor Wat once represented the wealth of a whole nation. What should we invest in? A place where wealth has been forgotten? Or how about a place where death and pain and sorrow have been abolished? Two million travelers see Anchor Wat every year, spending their time and treasure. Are you willing to spend a little time and effort to see the city where there are no more tears. Which would you pick? Thank you for listening to this episode of By the Still Water. It is our desire that these messages reflect the true Word of God. If you would like to reach us, you can reach us by email at bythestillwater2024 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at By the Stillwater Podcast. Please consider subscribing. This will alert you to new episodes when they are made available. Again, thank you for listening.